Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Write Steno. I am your host, Sandra, and I would like to thank each and every one of you for joining me this evening for this podcast. I'm going to try to make it through without coughing all over the place. I have a slight cough and it's just really bothering me. So anyway, thank you all for being here. If this is your first time here, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe so you don't miss any of the juicy stuff I bring to you on this podcast regarding court reporting, shorthand, dictation, all that good stuff. Also, you can join me on my channel, Sandra Stenography and Shorthand Dictation on YouTube, where I release more dictation for your pleasure. You can support both. If you go to the channel, you can support me at PayPal. Click the button on the homepage, PayPal. And here, you can uh, click on the link in the description, um, the support link, and you can support for as little as 99 cents a month. Woohoo! Don't get no cheaper than that, baby. So tonight, we are doing, or I am bringing you something interesting. I thought it would be interesting. And I was wondering um, one day how the shorthand uh, championship or speed um, contest began. Never really knew that. And so I was thinking about this one day. So I did some research, was able to find some information for you. And I am bringing it to you right here at Let's Write Steno because that's what we do. We bring it to you. So. With all of that being said, um, we w- I will go ahead and read this to you. You can write along with me if you like, if you think you can keep up, or you can just listen. <clears throat> and this is a brief history of the shorthand championship contest. Let's go ahead and get started before my voice gives out. Ready? Shorthand contests are of ancient origin. Project yourself back to the first century of Christianity and imagine, if you can, the scribes or recorders of those days with waxen tablets and styling furiously scratching down their crude shorthand characters in a contest for speed. This is not a fancy of the imagination. It actually happened. It is history. Caius, Suetonius, Tranquillus, the Roman historian, writes of Titus, Fabius, Sabinus, Vespasianus, the eleventh of the twelve Caesars, sixty-nine through eighty-one A.D., familiarly known as Titus, he was capable of writing shorthand with the greatest rapidity. And he often competed with the scribes for his own amusement. 
Shorthand was a fashionable art with the nobles of those days, and it was the custom for them to engage in shorthand contests with other writers. <clears throat> shorthand speed contests may have even antedated this for shorthand was a recognized and important medium of recording speeches. Through it, some of the choicest bits of Roman oratory have been handed down to posterity. Marcus Tilius Tyro in 63 BC had invented a shorthand system that was employed in reporting the proceedings of the Roman Senate. When we consider the Romans' love of sports and the zest for competitions of all kinds, it is not at all surprising that shorthand contests came in for their share of popularity. But there is no historical record of these, and we do not even know how Titus came out in the one contest mentioned in ancient history. After the fall of the Roman Empire and during the Dark Ages, shorthand became practically a lost art, forbidden to be used. The Second Contest, 1720. Nearly 17 centuries rolled by between the first shorthand contest and the second. The next shorthand speed contest, of which we have any historical record, was held in the year 1720. It was at London and was in the nature of a private duel with pins between James Weston and Dr. John Byram, two rival shorthand authors. We can imagine that these two authors got into a controversy over the merits of their systems. And finally, one said, well, the proof of the pudding is in the eating thereof. But there was no clash of steel, not even steel pins, for quills were the weapons used in settling the dispute. This contest occurred before the day of stopwatches, syllable intensity, <clears throat> scientific methods of transcription and correction, and accurate recording of results. All we know of 
it is that Byram came off victorious. And there is poetic justice in this fact, for it was Weston who was the challenger. Byram cut quite a figure in the shorthand world and is today so well thought of that there is an important association in America which bears his, his and Willis's name, the Willis Byram Club. It is interesting to recall that John and Charles Wesley, founders of Methodism, were writers of Byram's system. John Wesley, for more than 50 years, wrote his diary and Byram's shorthand. Charles Wesley's present to his wife on their wedding day was a Bible containing an inscription in this system. But this is getting away from our story of contest. Anyone who is interested in the history of shorthand should read A Brief History of Shorthand by John Robert Gregg. All right, my good people. We are going to take a short break and we will come back with the rest of this interesting article on speed contest. I look forward to seeing you back here. Can't wait to go ahead and um, dive right in some more of this history. This great history we have. So, see you on the flip side. Hello. Are you interested in starting your own podcast? I think Anchor FM is the best. Here's why. With easy and fast setup, you'll be a pro in podcasting right out the gate. There is no additional equipment to buy because you can podcast right from your phone, your laptop, or your desktop computer. Anchor has great editing features such as music and even splitting your podcast in sections. And Anchor does all the distribution for you to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google, and more. And the best part about Anchor is you can make money with no minimum listening audience. So, download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome back to part two of the history of the shorthand championship contest. Thank you so much for joining me for part two of this interesting topic. We will go ahead and get started. So when we left off, we had um, already spoke about the previous Contests, which were really not contests, they just were um, like way back before Christ was born and in Roman times. Now we're up to the first modern contest. 
and we will pick up from there. The first modern contest, 1887. Ready? If you're writing this, that is. If you're just listening, that's great too. Almost two centuries elapsed between the second and third shorthand speed contest. The second, however, suggested the third. Mr. E. N. Minor, who was for 28 years editor and publisher of the phonographic world, says that it was through my publication of an account of the Western Byram contest in my magazine for December 1887 that I thought of having a public contest in this country. This contest was staged at Lake George, New York in the summer of 1888. Two years before that, at the 1886 annual meeting of the New York State Stenographers Association, now known as the New York State Shorthand Reporters Association, <clears throat> held at Lake George, one of the members read a paper on, quote, stenographic braggarts, close quote, which made a profound impression. It was common then, as it is now, for stenographers to have vivid imaginations. And as the public was unacquainted with the meaning of shorthand speed, speeds up to even four and 500 words a minute were common in the imagination. Even so, late as three or four years ago, the publishers of a shorthand system were taken in by a fake contest in which the hero claimed 300 words a minute with 99 0.99% accuracy. Why it was not 100% has not been explained. And advertise this writer and advertises him today as, quote, the world's championship shorthand writer. The results of this paper, quote, stenographic braggarts, close quote, was that Mr. A.B. Little, then an official stenographer at Rochester, New York, made an offer to present to any person who would write 250 words a minute for five consecutive minutes a gold medal to cost $50. It developed in the discussion that no one present 
had ever seen anyone write even 225 words a minute for five consecutive minutes. No one undertook to win the medal offered by Mr. Little. But at the next annual meeting in August 1887, Mr. Little renewed his offer, but laid down the condition that the successful contestant must, quote, write 250 words a minute for five consecutive minutes and read and transcribe the notes without an error. The dictation to be on law matter to be selected by a committee appointed by the chair who shall also act as judges on the test subject matter to consist of 1,250 consecutive words, close quote. Mr. Isaac S. Dimmitt, a court stenographer of Detroit, who was present, accepted the challenge. A contest committee was appointed consisting of Mr. George R. Bishop of New York, Mr. George H. Thornton of Buffalo, and Mr. E. T. Easton of Washington. The matter was selected and the contest was held. After five trials, Mr. Dimmitt took 1,289 words in five minutes, which he read back with 40 errors, of which 34 were immaterial and six words added in, reading back, two of which were material errors, giving him a net of 1,249 words. The $50 was not paid because Mr. Dimmitt lacked one word of qualifying under the conditions laid down. Colonel Stewart of Philadelphia, however, in the interest of good sportsmanship, donated $40, which was presented to Mr. Dimmitt, who was the only contestant and was therefore declared the winner. So it looks like Mr. Dimmitt, D-E-M-E-N-T, won the first contest by default. <laughs> does that even count? I guess it does. <laughs> so we will continue um, the, this next podcast where we will talk about the second modern contest that took place in 1888. Hope you are liking this series, and I hope you enjoy a little history. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Have a great night. I will see you at the next podcast.